Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Lance. You can find me on all social media as The Night Nerd. I am the host and producer and all-around good guy of the Night Nerd Network over there where we talk video games, comics, everything, including breaking the Avengers down one minute at a time. And I am the Day Nerd, and I talk about... Uh, and today we're talking about... It was a good, yeah, we tried to go with that. <laughs> Damn it. It almost worked. <laughs> Almost. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for rounding out the week with us. It's been, it's actually been actually pretty damn cool. Been talking a lot about Ben Affleck. Were you, hang on. Were you expecting it like going in on, on Monday thinking that it wasn't going to be cool? No, it was I, actually pretty cool. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. You're a jerk. Thanks. No. Oh, we got that Lance guy on the show again. It's gonna be. It's gonna be rough. <laughs> Let me explain. I expected. Lance from last year, who was a little harsh on Man of Steel. Oh, I was a lot but, harsh on Man of Steel. <laughs> but quite the different. And I think our listeners are going to be a little surprised too because, um, yeah, because, you know, the curveball that you threw last year, which is the reason I invited you back is because I loved it so much. You know, I love the honesty and I, I love hearing what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, we, you know, throughout this week, we kind of agreed on some things that, yeah, that was probably a mistake, you know, especially with the Clark Kent, not knowing who Bruce Wayne is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess all we had to do was give Lance some Ben Affleck minutes and, uh, we can all agree on something. Yeah. It put Ben Affleck in the movie and it'll, it'll work. Actually, uh, before we get started, I do want to tell a story. One of our hosts on our network, Colby, he's one of the co-hosts of Blah Blah <laughs> Comics, Blah Blah Curse Words. He is a diehard EU guy. He loves, uh, and Jared Leto, and Jared Leto's Joker and everything. He is a huge, huge fan. So we get into little debates, uh, to say it nicely, all the time about the MCU versus the DCEU and everything and the other day he was uh, we were talking about jared leto because it's what he talks about and i made the comment uh, about how they could announce that ue bowl was directing a movie of jared leto using the bathroom for three hours and colby would justify it and say that it was going to be good but that's okay because I'm a Ben Affleck fan and an Ed Norton fan, and they're the only two people who cannot make a Marvel movie work. So, as much as I love Ben Affleck, you know, I, and we'll learn later on in today's show, I'm not above admitting that something else is bad, but there are things that I like that are bad too. So, while Man of Steel may not be the best, this movie uh, with Ben Affleck is definitely a lot better and. I said it Monday, and I'll say it again. I really appreciate you guys for having me back on. Yeah, absolutely. How I mean, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe we should have him on for Suicide Squad, because we need some positive people for that film. So, Lance, do us a favor and uh, ask him to be on our show for next year. Oh, he he will defend Suicide Squad. I mean, he he'll justify the academy award that suicide squad won 
Like he will. I've been. (laughs) Yeah, I've been. uh, I've been trying to fight that battle too. I've been trying to see. You know, I I see it. You know what? This is a question. We'll get to it when we do Suicide Squad minute. We'll talk about that Oscar. Um, But you know, my um, my wife is a professional like makeup and prosthetic person, and we were uh, we were actually on a cruise during the Oscars because. I've always done an Oscar party until 2017, and we were we were on a cruise, but I, I still commandeered uh, one of the venues on the cruise and threw an Oscar party. And when they announced Suicide Squad, my wife just looked at me like, "What? Really?" <laughs> so it's yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't hate Suicide Squad. Actually, I may even like Suicide Squad more than Men of Steel, but that's a that's a conversation we can have if if you guys feel like having me back ever again uh yeah i haven't been as hateful this time around like i wanted an invite back so i've been trying to be nice but (laughs) yeah suicide squad is not as bad in some aspects but this movie i really did especially after watching the director's cut uh, or i know it's not called the director's cut that's just force of habit calling something a director's cut I, i really really enjoyed this movie and this minute minute 50 as much as I loved Minute 47 and 48 in introducing Gal Gadot, um, yeah, this minute. Well, we'll talk about this minute. I'll, I'll let you guys say something. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so today's minute, minute number 50, it starts with Mercy explaining to Bruce that the men's room is upstairs. And uh, the minute ends with Clark calling out to Bruce Wayne to get his attention. So here, this minute, this is where we get the infamous Bruce Wayne line. I like those shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a friend of ours. I think he's going to be on this show finally. He was supposed to be, uh, for those who don't know, uh, when we started this show, we were supposed to have, it was supposed to be three hosts. It was supposed to be Nate, I, and Matt. And Matt loves this line and uses it all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, uses it really... on, like, as a pickup line or just walk, like walking down the street or, you know, going to the bathroom, turns to Mark and, like, hey, I like those shoes. Yes. He, He'll pick, use it as much as he can in any given line. situation. Pickup line. Like, all he's, of them. He, yeah. Yeah. He's a handsome guy. He, he, he makes it work. <laughs> um, so. For those who are wondering whether to use that line or not, apparently it works. Apparently. Um, yeah, we get the infamous, uh, I like those shoes. Um, so just, you know, just classic Ben Affleck, really. Not even Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we hit on it a little bit yesterday in that Ben Affleck, uh, while he is a great actor and does a lot of roles really, really well, there's always that return to form that that Ben Affleck that uh, I know and love. Some people know and hate, but the I, yesterday I called it the Kevin Smith Ben Affleck, and that line, I mean, outside of throwing the F word in there, that is a very Kevin Smith Ben Affleck line. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And. uh Nay, I asked this question yesterday, but like, you think you think Mercy 
knows? Do you think she's... That's my, that's my, that was... No, Mark. I was supposed to ask this question. Oh, you don't have the answer. No, I don't have the answer. I, it was I my have question. the answer. It's... I was thinking Lance that the answer. if Lex knows, does Mercy know? I mean, clearly there's things that she's been kept in the dark from him. But like... He keeps a lot of women in the dark. But why... Well, that's a human trafficking thing there too. You go. Why did Mercy take such attention into why Bruce was going down there? Like she knows it's Bruce Wayne. Like what if, what if he just wanted to go steal some... Robot Mercy knows he's some, Batman. Robot Mercy knows he's Batman. She's not a robot. <laughs> I like to think that she'll be a robot. She could be a robot, and if we get the way we wanted to, she can be Mercy Metallo Graves. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I every iteration, whether it's Smallville or Justice League, Young Justice... Mercy is almost what Alfred is to Batman, uh, to Lex Lex Luthor. You know, the person he does confide a lot of stuff in. And even in uh, The World's Finest, the Superman animated series two-part episode where he teamed up with Batman, like, they tried to use... Joker and Harley tried to use Mercy as you know, a weakness on Luthor because they think he's that close to her. And depending who's writing, you know, it, it varies. But a lot of people try and shoehorn her into either the Alfred or the Lois role. So I, I would have to say that if Lex knows it, which at this point we don't really know, but if Lex knows it, she probably knows it too, I, I think. Yeah, so I think what makes this Mercy Graves so interesting is that um, I think it's pretty set in stone that she is human, Um, even though we're used to her being a robot or an android. Sorry, I don't mean to offend the android community, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a big big community. It's a big community. It's getting bigger every day. Um, Oh, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Uh-huh. I think it's, you know, not, not even talking robot, android version. Every time that we've seen Mercy, whether it's in Smallville or Animated Universe or whatever, she is uh, there for Lex. And depending who's writing, some people write her almost as like an Alfred character or as a Lois Lane character or even a Robin character, you know. And she is the go-to for Lex Luthor. She, so I really honestly believe that if Lex knows anything, she knows it as well because that's just the dynamic of their relationship. They, you know, whether it is the Alfred or the Lois or the Robin or even um, like a Green Lantern and Green Arrow, their partnership. I think that is something that... I, I think she is the only person that Lex considers not not his equal, but closer to him than than most people. Yeah, I've never even thought of comparing her to Lois Lane as like complete opposites, but it really makes a lot of sense in the way that the 
male counterparts deal with those characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And we see it here in this movie, and I think it's one of the main reasons why I think it's important to keep her human is because early on in the film, we were introduced to some wall art, some graffiti art of uh, a Banksy piece where um, it's a monkey detonating bananas in order to open a safe. And I think (laughs) with using some logical reasoning, um, and we see here in this minute really that Lex Lex is human and Lex wants to defy the gods, people that are better than him. And it gets to a point where you are now thinking that you are God, which creates a paradox of how you view yourself and with other humans. And uh, as we'll see later on in about week 19, um, he sacrifices humans just to defy God, which kind of defeats the purpose of what you're trying to do. And uh, that really plays into like what happens in this minute. So, and this minute is, uh, you know, after Mercy Grace has her little run-in with Bruce Wayne, he has to go up and, and socialize upstairs. Meanwhile, Lex Luthor is having a, a rampant breakdown because, and I wrote here that it's like his thought process as he as he continues to mutter on uh, is he's creating paradoxical stuff because in his mind he's he's deciphering like, Oh, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. This is my speech where I keep telling you that I'm right. And then through his own calculations, he realizes, wait a minute, I'm wrong. I've like, I think I'm a, I think I'm superior to the point where I'm a God, but it's like, I'm trying to defeat people that are godlike, and I am for the humans, but I'm better than humans. And, paradoxical, and it's like the whole character is paradoxical. And he's like, wait a minute. I'm realizing I'm a flawed person. Yeah. Which is, it, it's when, it's like those Lex Luthor moments where he realizes, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm fighting the thing that I like. And it's like, but it, more so it's like he realizes that the enemy that he's creating is the person of himself because he's becoming the enemy to fight the enemy. And it's, it's a classic story, Mark. Yeah. I just, that's what's so great about it is that he's like, wait a minute. I've just proven that I'm wrong. And it's like, how do I step away from this? And he's like, uh, thanks for coming out. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about where Lex puts himself in the, the Pantheon. And I, I'm really curious. There's, there's been rumors on both sides of, uh, whether or not he was cut out of the Justice League film, but I would really like to see him and Wonder Woman have a sit down, uh, where she's a, a demigod, like we talked about, and he fancies himself sort of a demigod. That would he view her as an equal because she's not? Because I've always felt that Lex looks down on Batman, like he could that he knows that he's Bruce Wayne and he knows he's not special that, and even in this movie, he essentially uses Batman as a pawn to bring down Superman. But if he can, you know, where does he put wonder woman on that hierarchy? 
Is she on the same level? Is she not? Because obviously he, we've talked about his obsession with people that are better than him, which is where Superman falls. And if Batman falls beneath that, you know, where, where does Wonder Woman fall in that? I think, well, we talked about this the other day, but, um, with a different guest, but it's like, I think we've come to the conclusion that this Lex Luthor is also a little bit sexist because he, uh, the, the way he talks to Senator Finch and the way he talks to Mercy Graves or lack of um, proves that he, he doesn't expect much. For, oh, and also Lois Lane. Um, throughout the film, he underestimates their power. He underestimates the, the, their strength as characters. And a lot of times it comes to bite him in the ass throughout this film because he doesn't give them much thought because he expects both Finch and Lane to be like Mercy Graves, just subservient, like lesser human beings. And, uh, when they, when they fight back, he's a little prepared for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, we, we've talked about it over the past couple of days, but this Lex to me is one of the most flawed Lexes that, when you when you put him up against Gene Hackman or Kevin Spacey, or even Michael Rosenbaum, uh, especially Clancy Brown, but uh, again, I I hold up hope. You know, I I know I talk a lot of negativity toward the DCEU, uh, but it's it's not personal. You know, I want these movies to be good, and that's why I think if they go with which Justice League went with. The, he's been around so much kryptonite and so much Kryptonian stuff that it is developing brain tumors and other disorders in him, then that would perfectly explain this character and I would be a-okay with it and make it an even better character. But where he is now in this scene, starting to lose it and ramble and, and like you said, question himself and go from justifying himself to doubting himself to rationalizing it but then switching back there's there's a lot going on there so i mean he obviously has that genius level intellect that is like sleuthor it's just the execution of it isn't quite there and so yeah i talking about where he puts himself and in not only versus uh women but other people in general, I think that's something that I, I hope they'll explore. I hope he ends up in Justice League and we see more of him because when they announced Jesse Eisenberg as Luthor, I was really excited because he's a phenomenal actor and I think there's a lot of places this character can go, but this first iteration lost me a little bit. It is better, again, in the extended cut, but yeah. I, I do you do you think uh do you think Jesse Eisenberg is still a good uh portrayal of Lex Luthor and maybe it's just the writing that you disagree with or did it turn out to not be the, the perfect casting, casting that you thought it was? Ooh. Um cuz it could always be writing. Like I like I think uh 
maybe back then Ben Affleck as Daredevil is still not a bad decision, but maybe it's the writing that doesn't serve them as good as it should. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh no, and that's a that's a perfect uh, parallel for this movie because Ben Affleck in Daredevil, the director's cut, the actual rated R version, is mm-hmm. a great movie. Like my friends that I've made sit down and watch that, they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is." Never, a great never movie. Seen I've never seen it either. Oh, uh, the Blu-ray is the director's cut. It's it's actually rated R. There's this whole subplot. Uh, just like how Clark Kent is in this movie, Matt Murdock mm-hmm. is in that movie. We see a oh, whole see. That's legal good. trial. And there's a Fight Club reference, which I love. Coolio is in it. There's so many great things about <laughs> the director's yeah, cut. I'm, yeah. I'm buying it for Coolio. Yeah. Um, it, it's It's really good. And, you know, we've mentioned it a couple of times, that four-hour director's cut of this. I I really think if we could get more Lex, I think it would be a good Lex. And I'm going to chalk it up not even to writing. I'm going to chalk it up to editing and studio because since the first time I saw this movie, I felt like he was the Riddler more than he was Lex Luthor. And it's, uh, I mean, the, you could say something to the writing. I think Jesse Eisenberg played the best character he was given. So I don't doubt that. And that's why I still, I hold out hope, you know. I, I want these, like I said, I want these to be good. I want him to be a good character. But again, when you're, putting it up against Richard Donner creating a Lex Luthor for Gene Hackman to act. When you're putting it up against Brian Singer creating a Lex Luthor for Kevin Spacey to act. That's a that's a big bald head to fill. And <laughs> Jesse does a great job. I mean, he, he does a great job acting this character. But, and, and you can get out there on the internet and there's all sorts of rumors that this isn't Lex Luthor. That's when they push the Alexander Luthor. That maybe it's the Earth Prime one or the Earth Two one. All all this stuff. But I I really want to see a good Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor. So if that is the four hours director's cut, or if that's Justice League, or I don't know at this point if the next Superman movie is Superman three or Superman 2, or however it's going to be numbered, I I really think he, Jesse Eisenberg has the potential to carry a franchise villain role. And so, so to, to answer your question, I don't know. I hope it's the editing. I don't think it's the actor, or I really don't think it's the actor. I don't think, and I hope it's not the writing. I hope it's just the editing and the studio influence of the character. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the other rumors was that uh, Lex's father, which he keeps mentioning, will return, and his father is the Lex Luthor that we know. That, like, his father is like, oh, it's like, I guess I have to take the matter into my own hands and, like, fix everything you've you've broken. And, like, he is the bald-headed... Justice League Unlimited, Lex Luthor that we know and love. So, uh, but um, 
all, all I want, all I want is, uh, I just want this character to be in Justice League, and I want them to flesh it out because I think it's worse when you. And I don't think that they are. I, I, you know, I expect him to be in the film, and I don't. I think it would hurt them more to try and omit the character than to continue to flesh out the character. Um, I think that's a. It would be a. It would be in their best interest to continue the character than try to omit him. Um, but yeah, he has this complete breakdown in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, oh, yeah, there Gosh, it is. There he is, 31 I, seconds. I literally was about to ask, and then I just yeah. had to look, and he, yeah, he's there. He's right there, man. He's literally right there with your Anatoly. <laughs> yeah, Anatoly. Can... Yeah. Mm-hmm. There he is, the, the old Anatoly Kinyazev, right there with an earpiece. Kinyazev. 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 Kanayezev? Yeah, that's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how Ben that's how Affleck ben, says it terrible it. Russian accent. Yeah. Instead of... <laughs> well, it is the actor with the terrible accent. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is there. Mm-hmm. Good, good pointing out there, Nate. Yeah. On the, we um, still get flashes of Diana, which... Yeah, she's uh quite the looker. And she's paying attention to Bruce. She's the only one with color yeah. in this party. Everyone's white and black. The room is white. Yeah. Kind of fake Lex Luthor's purity as a character and all that. Um, for those of you that thought I didn't notice, but I did notice. <laughs> she's got blood red on, man. Yeah. Like she's but looking she, for a fight. Like she's looking for a fight? Yeah. Uh I don't know, but that, yeah, she's, she's paying attention to Bruce, like super paying attention. I'm paying attention to her. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we get some Clark Kent trying to ask for Mr. Wayne and, um, the song that plays. Hang on. Lance, when you go and do these Justice League animation ones, any time that an episode has a Diana and Bruce doing their thing, you call me, because I'm a full believer of that relationship. Right. So, so for those of you, uh, we, we talked to Off Mic over on my network, uh, shameless plug, but we've talked about it on air like twice now, so we have to mention it. Uh, yeah. Starting next year, we're not doing a minute by minute, because we're not that brave. Uh, we're doing a episode by episode breakdown of the DC Animated Universe, the Bruce Tim Paul Dini Universe. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun though. We're really really excited about it. But you know that that universe begins and ends with Batman. The mm-hmm. the last shot of the epilogue episode of Justice League Unlimited that wraps up the Batman Beyond story is essentially the first scene from uh, On Leather Wings, the first Batman episode. And then the very last episode of Justice League Unlimited, when they're all running out of the Hall of Justice, the last three to run out, are Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. And it ends with Batman running toward the camera, and the black of his Bat logo is the fade to black. So it's yeah, it's a big, big Batman thing. Uh, we're really excited about it. And it, yeah, you guys, as soon as I figure out how to do live commentary with 
guest stars and how that's going to work, I, yeah, you guys are going to be on at least once a series, if not once a season. <laughs> I'm flattered. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I just wanted to point out that the big band that's playing in this uh, minute here, um, the lines, the opening, the opening line is night and day. You night are and day. You are the one. You are the one. That's how it goes, right? Yeah, you should start like uh, one of those She Wants Revenge cover bands. You, you would be good for it. Would I? Yeah. I can't tell if you're serious or not. Interpol <laughs> type band. <laughs> it'll, it'll totally work. You should, a night and day band. That's what you should. Yeah. All right. That's what it's called. Um, but yeah. Uh, Lance, can you tell us about the first time you saw Dawn of Justice in theaters? So, uh, I mentioned earlier in the week, I saw Dawn of Justice twice. First time I saw it, I, I host, um, used to host Geeks Who Drink Trivia here in my hometown. Um, now I'm just kind of overseeing it all. But we wrapped on a Thursday. We got done a little bit earlier than I had planned. And there was a 10.05. We, we did it at Alamo Draft House. Um, there was a 10.05 showing of Don Justice. And we finished at like 9.50. And I went and looked. And there was an, one extra seat available. So I was like, alright, I'll go see it. And I went and saw it. It was late. I was tired. Um, we emphasized the who drink part of Geeks Who Drink a lot. So I, I was paying attention more or less and I really wanted to enjoy it and I kind of did except there were two kids sitting next to me and they were high schoolers and listening to them talk it was real hard not to just lean over and say no you're wrong Batman did this no you're wrong Superman did this Uh, and even after the movie they, they still did it but after I saw the movie I walked out and I was like, you know, that's better than Man of Steel. I enjoyed that. Uh, Wonder Woman and Ben Affleck, to me, were the highlights of the movie. And, yeah, I I enjoyed it. And then a couple of days later, uh, my friends asked me to go. Because my friends asked me to go to all comic book movies with them. Because we get done and they don't know what's going on or what meant what and that's my job is to explain you know in this random issue back in 1989 that character did this and so that's what it means but the first time i saw it it was a late night or i mean 10 o'clock not too late night showing um, in a pack theater opening night and like i said i i really enjoyed it that's so weird i'm over here expecting like a bad turnout but he's like because yeah, definitely, again, to refer back to, like, kind of, like, your disdain when you first saw Man of Steel. Like, it seems like you had, like, a more positive, even though it's not perfect, but more positive experience with Donna Justice seeing the film two times in a row. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Man of Steel, I, I almost walked out of. I did. I was, it just thinking about it, talking about it, gets my blood boiling. Um <laughs> But the and I, I do have to admit, if it wasn't Ben Affleck, I probably would have poked more holes in it. But since it's Ben, I'm like, well, he knows what he's doing. It's okay. It's okay. I'll watch it. And, you know, it's not a perfect movie. 
but it is definitely a step in the right direction that I feel like DC needed. Uh, because I've said time and again, I don't want the DC movies to be bad. I'm not one of those, I hate DC, I love Marvel. No, I, I want all the companies to produce quality films because that's a win-win for everybody. That's going to get us great content. Absolutely. And so I want these, I mean, I see every single one. The only ones I don't see on opening weekend are the Fox Marvel movies because mm-hmm. they're usually not very good. But I, I want the same rule well. applies. Like, I mean, I, I want there to be a good Fantastic Four film. And I thought Silver Surfer was pretty good, but, you know. Fan Four Stick was real bad. But <laughs> I, I, I can't say too much. Um, I do have, like, one of my really, really good friends works at Marvel. Um, in, in Spider-Man Homecoming, nobody really questioned who bought Stark Towers. And the only response I'm getting is that Phase 4 of Marvel is going to be fantastic. So, take that what you will. But, uh, Donna Justice, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I had my problems with it, but... To be fair, I have problems with Marvel movies, too. When I see them, I'm like, uh, I don't have as many. And uh, actually, recently, on on Facebook, it popped up where, blah, 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 many years ago, they announced Zack Snyder as the director of the new Superman movie. And I was 100% behind it. And I went on about how excited I was. And I saw that, and I was like, wow, how the times have changed. But... Donna Justice is a great lead-in movie. Um, I, I feel like with DC, you have these characters who are older than Marvel characters, who everybody knows and everybody loves. And Man of Steel, for some people, was a, for the mass audiences, it was a step in the right direction. For diehard nerd boys like me, it was a, it wasn't. But Donna Justice was totally a move in the right direction. Since then, we've had Suicide Squad, which is a step back, and Wonder Woman, which is ten steps forward. So, I I think Dawn of Justice really kind of kicked off something good and good things. Um, I'm not giving full credit to Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot, but they definitely did something to help it all. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> See, now, now I blew your minds by being positive. Last last year, last time, I blew your minds by being negative, and now I'm being positive. And you're like, what? What? What is going on? Yeah, it, does not. Lance, I, I think you're the perfect guest. <laughs> See, well, that's the whole point of the show is that you know, and I I think you you uh you hit the nail on the head when you said like I don't want them to be bad. Like I want them to be as great as possible. Like I my me myself, I don't go into a Marvel film expecting it to be bad, and I don't want it to be bad. And like, they're really not that bad. They're just not for me. I like the DC universe a lot better because they get what I want. Um, and so, like, you know, I'm not just because I do a DC podcast doesn't mean I want Infinity War to fail. It doesn't mean I didn't like Homecoming. I loved Homecoming. I, you know, Civil War is good, but I think 
Dawn of Justice is better in its own way. And it's like, you should never want any comic book film to fail. Yeah. I mean, uh, first off, if I could get a little plaque that says best guess, that would be awesome. I, I, would, <laughs> I would hang that up everywhere. Um, I'd wear it on a neck chain everywhere I went. But, no, I mean, you're right. It is... I want the Marvel versus DC one-upsmanship, you know, where we're doing our thing, you're doing your thing, but, hey, you made a great movie, and that's awesome, but you know what? I'm going to make a better one, and then I make a better one, and then you're like, hey, you know what? That was awesome, but I'm going to make a better one, and you just keep putting in good content. You're not just cranking out things to crank out things. Mm-hmm. And, and that that really is I mean that is what I want from all of these universes because yes. it, it it can't go wrong you know if everybody's making good stuff you're gonna find you know if you like murdery destructo Superman you can go watch Man of Steel if you want light heart cheese jokes fan, uh, not family comedy but like ragtag comedy you go watch Guardians of the Galaxy you know I want there to be a superhero film for everyone. And DC is very much picking up on some of the darker elements. Um, that's a whole not. I mean, we could get into all the dark justice league and all of that, but I, yeah, I want there to be a movie out there. I don't want people to have to read 75 years of comics to go enjoy a movie. I want you to mm-hmm. go in there you enjoy a movie, and then you go to your local comic book shop and like, hey, I just watched this Dawn of Justice movie. Um, have Batman and Superman fought before? And your LCS is like, oh yeah, hey, here's here's Hush, here's this, here's this, here's this, and that that's what I want, you know, is it, to the cross pollinate into your local comic book store and the comic book industry and, and everything like that. Yeah, in a perfect yeah. world. At the end of the day, that is that has always been Zack Snyder's goal. It's mm-hmm. like you watch those films, whether it's Watchmen or the DC films, and it's like if he can get you to go read the original material, that's the success in his book. That's all he's after is that you feel the need to like, hey, I just saw that Watchmen movie. I want to go pick up their graphic novel now. That's a win in his book. That's like... That's what he wants at the end of the day. So, yeah, I agree completely. Um, but speaking on that note, because you said, hey, have they met before? Um, and that kind of ties into our ending question for all our guests. Um, if this isn't the greatest meeting between the characters Batman and Superman, uh, in your opinion, what story is? So I've mentioned before how I am... Uh, I, I don't want to say humble enough, but, you know, I like bad things so I can call out bad things. My favorite meeting of Batman and Superman is chronologically the first. At this point, it's not in canon the first time they met. But publishing-wise, Superman number 76, published in May of 1952, it is... <laughs> the most preposterous story but it's so much fun uh there's bruce wayne captures the last 
wanted criminal or most wanted criminal in Gotham. So he's going on a cruise. And Superman wraps up all this stuff. So Clark Kent goes on a cruise. And there's a, a booking error. So Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent are sharing a cabin on this cruise. But before the cruise departs, uh, this guy in his, in an asbestos suit, which tells you <laughs> when it's from. It's, it's to protect him from the flames. He starts this fire, and this asbestos suit is going to protect him. He causes this thing, and uh, while Bruce and Clark are in their cabin, the, they realize this is going on, and but they can't. The other one can't find out, and so Bruce has a fake yawn. He's like, "Well, Mister Kent, if you don't mind, I'm going to turn off the lights and go to bed." And Clark's like, "Oh, that's fine." And they're both their thought bubbles are now. I can switch, and he won't know who I really am. But the light of the moon or the light of the fire, something shines through the light as they're changing clothes. And they see each other half naked as Superman and Batman. And they're like, what? Well, there's no time for this now. We have to go save Lois and save the day. And the next ten pages are them trying to figure out how to explain why Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent... And Batman and Superman are on this cruise, and then how they're both getting off this cruise without Lois figuring out that Bruce is bad. I, I don't know. It's it's a 1952 comic in every sense of the word, but it is a, a very fun meeting between the two, which I always like. And uh, my honorable mention on that is in DC Rebirth, we have, right before DC Rebirth, Superman of the New 52 died. But it Unfortunately. Was, yeah. It was revealed that the original Superman had been alive this whole time. And so, I can't remember if it was in Rebirth or Justice League. Um, Superman is trying to talk to Batman. And Batman looks at me and he's like, you're not my Clark. I don't mm-hmm. know you. And... The the look Superman gets, and you know, you can tell he's heartbroken because, in his mind, Bruce is his best friend, but in Bruce's mind, this guy is a complete stranger. So yeah. it it's not my favorite meeting, but I think it's the most poignant meeting that they've had. But yeah, Superman number seventy six, the very first time they actually met, is. So bad it's good, uh, just because the thought of half-naked Batman, half-naked Superman in a room, realizing each other one, each other is half-naked Batman, half-naked Superman, just makes me laugh, and I think is really great. Both great choices. I really liked that you brought up the Rebirth one, because there was one, um, I think, later on down the way... Um, it might have again. It might have either been in Justice League or it might have been in Superman, um, where Batman got to the point where, like, um, <clears throat> I think the uh, the post crisis Superman came in was doing something and like saved him or whatever, and like Bruce like looked at him or Batman looked at him and was like, "Hey, like we need to talk." And like Superman just shot back with a, "Yeah, I know we do, but there's shit going on right now. We can't do this yet." And like they both understood like that there was something going on and they knew who each other were but didn't really know who they were it was really good i i i'm bummed that they killed off the new 52 superman in the way that they did 
but also the introduction to the post-crisis Superman worked really well. Yeah. So, yeah. Good choices. Good. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hashtag not Mike Clark. Yeah, of course. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Cool. Awesome. Well, I guess uh, all good things must come to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Lance, for joining us this week. It's been an absolute blast. Oh, yeah. And, thank uh, you, guys. Thank you guys so much. And uh, <laughs> it's it's always fun to, you know, to to talk stuff that... I may not be my favorite, but with people who it is their favorite, but we can understand both sides. And uh, mm-hmm. to find to find somebody who is a mutual Affleck lover is always always a good thing. It's it's a small group of us, but we're here. <laughs> we're out here. Yeah, outnumbered by the Matt Damon lovers. Apparently, those guys. He's in movies uh. <laughs> where he can't even remember himself. So why should anybody else remember who he is? <laughs> that that's Blame this me. week in a nutshell. It's just my oh, Ben Affleck. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, once again, for the folks who don't know, where where can we find you, Lance? Uh, I am part of the Night Nerd Network. You can find us SoundCloud.com, the Night Nerd, um, iTunes, Google Play. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're out there. We do daily shows. We always do events, giveaways. Just look for The Night Nerd, and that's not like Batman, Dark Knight. That's just nighttime, so N-I-G-H-T. The Night Nerd. Um, We have a lot of fun, and yeah, just look for us. We, We can almost guarantee we have something you'll like. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I mean, all right. It's like, like, I was like, you always find something that they like, because like, if you haven't been listening yet, I mean, like we've just been on like this, uh, kind of healthy debate. It's a, you know, like you take the good, you take the bad and like you enjoy both of it. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I I watched the facts of life when I was a kid. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so when oh, an MCU bee and a DC flower find each other in the wilds, they cross pollen. No, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, uh, I don't know. This week has just been really good. And it's like, <clears throat> these kids over here dying. Oh, you made me laugh. <laughs> Always. That's my job here. Um, but yeah, definitely, guys. Check out everything Lance's got going on, his side of things. Um, if you've enjoyed everything that you've heard on this end... You can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. And uh, if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, it really helps us out on the show. It helps other people find our show. And, uh, you know, we'll, we we love reading those five-star reviews out on the podcast. Like, Nate cries every time I read them out. So um, do it for Nate, if anything else. Um <laughs> And uh, don't forget, we have a Patreon now. So if you want some more bonus episodes tomorrow, just uh, go on over to patreon.com slash media For $5 a month, every Saturday, you get a bonus episode from this show where we talk about comic books that you recommend us to review. And we devote a whole episode to that comic book. So, yeah. On that note, we'll catch you guys next week for uh, minutes uh, 51 through 55. And... Uh, 
that's here on DC Cinematic Minute.